You are listening to a message from City Church of Richmond, located in Richmond, Virginia. We are a broken people, loved by God, continually restored by Christ, and sent out to worship God, serve our city, and work for its renewal. To learn more about City Church and to find out how to get connected to our community, visit our website at citychurchrva.com. That's C-I-T-Y-C-H-U-R-C-H-R-V-A.com. And thanks for listening. I just said my name's Isaiah Thomas. Uh, I've had a few relational connections um, with uh, your church uh, just throughout uh, my time in Richmond. So it's a gift um, and a privilege uh, just to be able to be up before you today. Um, and as has been mentioned throughout the service, uh, we're going to be continuing in uh, your series, Walking Through the Lord's Prayer. Uh, which I'll read um, in a second here. Um, And as I was preparing for uh, the sermon uh, throughout this week, I came across a definition of prayer that describes it as uh, communication with the deity, and in our case, communication with the Lord, uh, which is a pretty simple definition. uh, However, that led me to reflect on the reality that we can learn a lot about the nature of a relationship by paying attention to Uh, the communication uh, between whoever uh, is involved in said relationship. Um, So just a little bit about me. Um, My wife and I moved up uh, to Richmond from Williamsburg, Virginia five years ago. And uh, when we first moved up here, I was serving as a pastoral intern at another PCA church in the area. Um, And uh, I was also Uh, sort of as a way to just integrate with the community, working part-time at uh, YMCA as well. And during my time there, I uh, got to serve as a referee for uh, some basketball games. And um, as you can imagine, the relationship between a ref and players gets tense every now and then. And uh, during one particular game, uh, it was a middle school boys uh, game, and I made a call that a player didn't uh, really appreciate, and he looked at me and said, man, you're not even a real ref. (laughs) And uh, I was so taken aback uh, by his comment that I forgot to give him a technical foul, but um, (laughs) if you uh, have been paying attention to the game, you would understand that he and I did not have the greatest relationship. Um, So today I just wanna invite us to consider what we can learn Uh, about our relationship uh, to God from what he teaches us to pray uh, and how that actually informs our relationships with one another. Um, So I'll read our passage uh, for today and then uh, pray and we'll dive in. This comes from Luke chapter 11 verses 1 through 4 which you can find um, in your program or uh, if you have your Bible uh, turn uh, with me there as well. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation." This is the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for this is the opportunity to come together, uh, to be in your house, uh, to worship you uh, this evening. I pray that 
um, as we look at uh, how you teach us to not only ask for forgiveness, but extend forgiveness uh, to one another, that uh, you would open our hearts, open our eyes to um, how to do that well, to uh, think through what that looks like um, in our day-to-day, to remind us that um, you don't call us to forgive um, in order to shame us, but to set us free. Um, and I just pray that uh, you would give us the wisdom to practice that um, throughout our days, throughout our lives. Uh, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so this, uh, this afternoon, um, we'll be looking particularly at uh, Luke 11, verse 4. Um, in the petition uh, where Jesus teaches us to pray, uh, forgive us our sins for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And the way I'd like uh, to approach uh, this particular petition uh, this evening together is by uh, asking us to consider what it reveals to us about uh, first our relationship to God and then secondly our relationship uh, to one another and also paying attention to how in both of those aspects what we can learn about ourselves. So first, uh, forgive us our sins. Um, As uh, Harrison um, taught uh, last week, uh, the very fact that uh, we are praying on that, um, as disciples we ask Jesus to teach us how to pray, um, shows us um, the truth that we, by our very nature, are dependent creatures. Uh, We depend on other people, other things, uh, to get what we need. Um, But uh, on top of that, in this particular uh, part of this prayer, uh, as we pray and we acknowledge our sins, that forces us to acknowledge our flaws. And uh, we as humans naturally hate that. We hate uh, uh, being vulnerable, uh, being shown as weak. Uh, we hate when uh, the ways we fall short are magnified. Um, and we certainly live in a culture that loves to avoid showing flaws at almost any cost. Uh, I remember when I was living in Williamsburg, um, I was going uh, to get a haircut one day, and um, I was going to uh, my usual barber, and her name was Mel. And Mel was one of the best barbers in the shop, and um, as she was um, doing um, my, uh, my lineup, my hairline, uh, I realized that she was like spraying uh, something like over my head. Um, and uh, when she gives me the mirror to just uh, uh, check out her work, I realized that she had sprayed color uh, where my hairline was uneven with uh, the other side. And not only was that a rude awakening for me to realize that my hairline was receding, um, but it was also just a moment of like, wait, like, we, you know, spend money on things to sort of craft our appearance, uh, to present the versions of ourselves that we want the world to see. And uh, I didn't even ask for her to do that. She just did that on her own will, um, which was fine because it's kind of silly. It just washes out as soon as you take a shower anyway. So I don't know how long she expected me to go without taking a shower, but um, it was not long. Anyway, um, and uh, we can also see this dynamic play out uh, when we look at social media. Uh, you know, on Instagram, we have all these different kinds of filters uh, we can use to make ourselves look good. Um, in social media in general, we, ha- we have uh, ultimate control of presenting 
um, only our best selves and maybe hiding the things we don't want people to know about. Uh, I remember when I first uh, went to college, um, LinkedIn was a really big thing and the, everybody you know, at the career center and professors and um, tutors and all, all these people are talking about like you need to get your LinkedIn profile straight, you gotta you know, present yourself so you can get uh, looks from different employers and yada 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 and I was like, I, I, somebody mentions LinkedIn to me one more time, I'm transferring. Um, uh, resumes, the way we think about just talking ourselves up, highlighting our strengths, hiding our weaknesses. Um, sometimes, situationally, it can be wise, uh, but for the most part, this uh, highlights a reality about who we are as human beings that acknowledging our flaws, uh, being forward with our flaws, um, is not necessarily our um, initial thought or the way we uh, want to uh, approach life and approach our relationships. And so uh, remember, uh, this is Jesus teaching us how to pray, and so he's teaching us to come forward to God, acknowledging that we are broken uh, people. And uh, it's, diff- it's interesting to uh, consider uh, the different accounts of this prayer. You have Matthew's um, version uh, where Jesus teaches us to pray, for, uh, give us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Same general idea, uh, but in Luke's account, Uh, Jesus teaches us, uh, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And so sins become synonymous uh, with this concept of debt. Um, As um, a brother earlier today was uh, reflecting on the year of Jubilee, and he uh, said so well how God loves to forgive our debts. He loves to cancel our debts. Uh, So I just want to put the question before us uh, today, how often do Uh, you think of your sins as putting you in debt uh, to God, right? I think we, uh, as as we grow up in the church, uh, we naturally know we want our sins to be forgiven, um, but I think we uh, can grasp even more deeply just how broken we are and how bad and uh, damaging our sin is when we think of it in terms of of debt Um, and then compare it to the way uh, debt functions in um, our our world today. You know, you think about how you have credit card debt, and that follows you around. You think about your credit score. You think about having a mortgage. You think about falling behind on bills, right? All that debt, you become essentially known um, by companies. Um, you know, say you go to uh, purchase a car, you can't do that uh, without having a certain kind of credit score, and so uh, your debt uh, literally follows you around. We become identified by our, our debt almost. Um, so to speak, um, by these uh, larger entities in our lives. Um, And in a similar way, um, our sins um, mark us as being in debt uh, to God. And so this teaches us that we are dependent on God canceling our debt uh, to him. But what does it communicate then about God that he wants us to ask for forgiveness? Because again, this is Jesus teaching us how to pray, and as we pray, he's, he's calling us to come to God, acknowledge that we are broken, we are sinful, uh, that we are indebted. We have this debt that needs to be uh, fulfilled um, and remedied um, in order to be in, in relationship with him. Um, and why does he want to do that? Because, right, we've uh, probably uh, lived enough life to have had instances where People just want us to acknowledge our flaws just to shame us, right? People just want us 
to acknowledge that we were wrong just so that they can feel better about themselves, um, just so that uh, they can say, I told you so. So as we are called to come before God and ask for our forgiveness, is there a told you so on the other side? Or is uh, there something more life-giving? I would submit uh, to you today, church family, that God desires that we ask for forgiveness, that as we come to him to communicate, as we come to him to pray, that he desires that we ask for forgiveness because he wants us, he wants you to be free in relationship with him. And we can see God's uh, forgiving nature in many places throughout the story of the Bible, Uh, but I would like to point us back to one in particular that we just heard um, in Leviticus 25 uh, concerning the year of Jubilee. Um, Just some context around that, um, uh, as uh, God has freed his people uh, from years of slavery um, in Egypt, and he's drawn them out into the wilderness, and he's preparing them to enter this land that he had promised to their ancestors hundreds of years before, um, where they could rest, they could be at peace, and they could enjoy life together, life with him together. Um, He is outlining the way that he would have them to live um, in Leviticus. Uh, they're going to be a nation that represents him to the rest of the world. They're, gonna, they're supposed to bless the world around them by following him, uh, by being image bearers uh, of him uh, to their fellow image bearers around, um, around the world. And he is trying to explain to them how their civilization is supposed to conduct itself. And as we read earlier um, in Leviticus 25, uh, every uh, 50 years, uh, people's debts are supposed to be wiped away. Uh, sometimes what you would have is when um, people could not um, pay their debts um, out of their own pockets, they would sell themselves uh, into servitude um, and work their debt off. Uh, boundaries and property change, uh, wealth gaps change. Um, and this practice uh, was meant to uh, sort of level the playing field, so to speak. It was a uh, practical limit on wealth gaps, on poverty, on things of that nature. And it was also a spiritual reminder uh, because uh, later on in chapter 25 of Leviticus, God tells the Israelites, do this because this land is not your own. This is actually a gift. You do not earn it. There's nothing special about you that you should have it. This is my gift to you. And therefore, this is how you ought uh, to live and reflect the way that I've forgiven you, the way that I've wiped that I am uh, wiping out your spiritual debt, um, you should reflect that to each other practically um, uh, in a a life-on-life economic uh, sort of way. And uh, just uh, think about how amazing that is that um, they were given a physical reminder of such a profound spiritual reality, but that was also meant to communicate, hey, you're actually more than the dollar signs associated uh, with your name. Um, as uh, much as I've enjoyed making money, as much as I've enjoyed having uh, more land, um, you deserve a slice of this pie because this isn't my own. This is actually a gift from the same God that we worship. Um, And what is more is that uh, this year was actually um, uh, supposed to be commenced, supposed to begin on the Day of Atonement, which was a day that um, the priests in Israel would perform Um, sacrifices and rituals um, representing and atoning, uh, representing the atoning of their sins. 
that God is uh, wiping away. And so I think this quote uh, from another uh, local um, Richmond uh, clergyman, uh, Dan Murata, um, has from his book On the Lord's Prayer, uh, he says that the year of Jubilee gives us a vision for what culture and society can look like when they are founded upon grace and forgiveness as opposed to fairness and natural consequences. So this practice is a representation uh, to God's people and to the world around them of God's desire for us to live by grace and mercy. But the basis of this kind of life, we have to remember, the basis of such a life is actually forgiveness, first from God, uh, then to others. Because as God has forgiven us our sins, he then calls us to forgive the debts. Uh, He's forgiven us our debts, so he calls us to forgive the debts uh, of others that they may owe uh, to us. So this is... Uh, what we can sort of start to glean from about this prayer uh, concerning forgiveness in our relationship with God. And so this takes us to considering uh, our relationship with others. Because in the second half of of this petition, um, it reads, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And so this actually assumes that we are living in community because if we need to forgive other people, it assumes that there's some sort of relationship uh, there, right? And the forgiveness Jesus teaches us to ask, to ask for is tied to the forgiveness that we ought to extend to others. Um, and again, just as I was reflecting, thinking about um, this passage, I was actually convicted uh, because I started to think about uh, if somebody were to ask me, and I'll ask you the same question, if somebody were to ask you, uh, where, uh, if, they were, if they were to say, uh, give me a list of biblical qualities of somebody who's following Jesus, right? Uh, how high or how low is forgiveness uh, on that list? Is being a forgiving person on that list for you? Because for me, I was like, man, I actually don't know how quickly forgiveness uh, would come uh, to me on that list. But uh, again, if this is Jesus teaching us how to pray, if this is Jesus teaching us how to communicate with God, uh, and smack dab in the middle of this prayer is asking for forgiveness, but also considering the reality that we ought to forgive other people, then forgiveness uh, being a natural part of our daily lives must be pretty important. And not just the forgiveness that we receive, right? Because of course, uh, us being forgiven sounds pretty great, but when we start to think about forgiving other people who surely don't deserve to be forgiven, of course, uh, this doesn't. This starts to sound a little more difficult and starts to sound a little uh, more messy. Um, com- uh, commentator um, had a helpful uh, thought about this uh, when they said, uh, provision for community underlies this petition that we're talking about today. Unless people are able to forgive one another and to seek God's forgiveness, they are unable to live together. So, This forgiveness that Jesus is teaching us about here is a necessity for actually living in a life-giving community together and living in community together in general. (laughs) Excuse me. And we uh, we can see the truth of this uh, when we just take a moment to look at uh, what's going on in the world around us, right? Uh, You know, we're in the midst of another war um, in the Middle East. And not only that, there's been... Um, attacks in Azerbaijan, there's the war in Ukraine, um, there's just all kinds of conflicts surrounding us. Um, and not that 
just we need to tell everyone to just forgive each other and, and just forget about it is, is the solution. Um, however, the lack of forgiveness in the world and in our uh, communities surely uh, leads to uh, things such as war, surely leads to all kinds of conflicts. Um, and um, even beyond that, uh, you know, the, the pattern of cancel culture, not even on the uh, big scales with celebrities, but even just in, in our schools, in our communities, um, in our friend groups, um, as soon as somebody steps out of line, we're ready to turn our backs on them and forget about them. Um, you know, we've taken the concept of uh, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth uh, so far that, um, you know, I certainly did. Um, I have friends who certainly did, grew up in, uh, you know, the social circles where uh, you certainly could not let anyone cross you without getting them back because then uh, you look like a loser. You look soft. You look like a punk. Um, and you don't want to do that because then you're uncool. And so, uh, you know, eye for an eye uh, for the, just for the sake of surviving um, society. Um, but this naturally leads us to consider the reality of why forgiveness is so hard for us sometimes, right? There are little things that um, may be super easy for you to forgive. Maybe um, somebody kind of cuts you off uh, while you're driving, and as annoying as that can be, like you're not thinking about them when you go to bed at night. Um, you know, just little things, but then there's bigger things like friends betraying you. Uh, maybe you have a hard relationship with your parents because they've done deeply hurtful things. Um, I don't know what it is for you uh, today as you're here, but I know that we all go through things where we cannot possibly imagine uh, having to be held accountable for forgiving these people or this person um, who's so deeply uh, hurt us. And I think part of why that is is because when we are offended, uh, especially deeply, we can feel like our dignity has been threatened as human beings. Um, I remember a few years ago, um, you know, it was a somewhat normal day. Abby, uh, my wife, and I were getting ready to go sign papers to close on a house. Um, we were jumping in the car. Uh, we you know, went out to the realtor's office, um, did the deed. And we come back, we're excited, you know, we're ready to celebrate. And we come back and it's become very clear that we've been robbed, ironically, on the day that we closed on a house. Um, and thankfully, they didn't really steal anything of, of real value. Uh, but I remember not even being most upset about uh, uh, the things being taken so much as I was upset that it felt like somebody had gotten one over on me. It felt like somebody sort of had uh, violated my, my uh, safe space. It felt like, um, yeah, somebody, like I said, just pulled one over on me and got the better of me. And I think that um, there's, there's something about that in forgiveness that uh, makes forgiving people feel really difficult. It can feel like in forgiving someone or some people, particularly when it is a deeply, deeply hurtful and painful situation, it feels uh, like we are, are giving something up. It feels like we are losing. It feels like um, we've sort of, you know, opened up our armor and we're just letting people just, just gut punch us over and over again. Um, and that's hard. That is, that is hard uh, to do. And there's something also about forgiveness 
that uh, can also feel like we are not um, getting justice. It's what's happening is not totally fair. Um, you'll remember some of some of a lot of you probably will remember a few years ago when um, during a normal um, weekly Bible study, uh, a group of people in, uh, worshiping at Emmanuel AME. Um, African Methodist Episcopal Church um, in Charleston uh, were attacked um, by a gunman um, and nine people were killed. Um, and I will never forget uh, reading a story about how during the trial of the murderer, uh, one of the mothers of a person who was killed uh, extended forgiveness. Um, and I just remember thinking, I don't know if I could ever do that. Um, and uh, I'm sure, as I was, a lot of other people were asking uh, just about justice and uh, where is the justice in forgiving somebody who's objectively done something wrong. And I think um, that we have to be very thoughtful and careful about the ways that we talk about uh, our obligation to extend forgiveness to those who offend us um, because we can talk about it in such a way that means uh, that communicates, oh, you're not allowed to seek out justice. And I don't think that's what Jesus is teaching us here. Um, but what I think uh, is so um, life-giving and, and um, God-glorifying about forgiveness is that it actually allows us to seek out justice um, in a more uh, pure and, and loving way because it's not vengeful um, like we are so prone to being. We want revenge. We want somebody to hurt the same way that we are hurting, right? Um, but like that mother um, from Emmanuel AME, she didn't just drop the charges against her, uh, her son's murderer. Uh, she forgave him, but she was still pressing on towards forgiveness uh, without um, malice uh, towards this person in her heart. Um, and um, also, sometimes forgiveness feels like losing control uh, because something that sometimes feels so... Um, um, I don't want to say life-giving, but so energizing almost is that when we're holding grudges against people when we don't want to forgive them, that anger um, that, we, that we feel, uh, it feels like it gives us a power almost. It feels like it gives us something to hold on to as opposed to letting it go and feeling like, well, if I let this go, how will this problem be solved? But the beautiful thing about forgiveness is that not only does it set us free to be in relationship uh, with God, but it sets us free in the sense that it, um, it allows us to trust God, um, uh, trust that God has a better outcome. It allows us to trust that God is going to give us what we need, um, as we talked about last week with daily bread, and we're, it shows that we are trusting God to give us the thing that we need rather than going out and, and grasping um, at what we want or what we need. Um, and so letting go of our perceived rights to fairness and justice allows us to pursue justice in love um, rather than in vengeance and in malice. Um, and lastly, uh, forgiveness of others is hard um, because uh, we also diminish the severity of our own offenses. Um, in the uh, gospel according to Matthew, uh, as Jesus is going along the way, uh, Peter asks him, uh, Lord, how much, how often um, do I need to forgive my brother? Um, seven times. And uh, Peter thinks he's slick uh, because 
uh, in their tradition, three times was kind of like the, the, the ultimate amount. Um, and so by saying seven, it's like, oh, like, look, you know, I'm going above and beyond. And Jesus, as Jesus does, responds uh, uh, with a one-up of sorts and says, not seven times, but uh, 70 times seven times, I think, is what he says. Um, either way, he, just, he blows Peter's expectations out of the water. And then he goes into teaching a parable. Um, and in this parable, he talks about how there is a servant um, in a land uh, that owes essentially an unpayable uh, amount of money um, in debt. Like, there's, just, there's absolutely zero way for the servant to pay his debt back. And the king uh, forgives it. He, he wipes it clean uh, as if it was the year of Jubilee. Um, and then uh, the servant uh, actually has another person who owes him money. And it is a far less significant um, amount of money. And uh, the servant, uh, the guy that owes the servant money, he's like, hey, like, I'm sorry, um, I, I can't pay it back. And instead of extending the forgiveness that, the ser- that he just received to this other guy, not only does he not forgive him, but he throws him in jail, which doesn't make any sense because who do you know can pay a debt back while they're in jail, Right. Um, and then the king finds out, and uh, the ser- this unforgiving servant is condemned. When we fail to extend forgiveness to others, uh, we are the unforgiving servant who has an unpayable debt, um, and we are looking at these other people in our lives, saying the small thing on the scale of things, the small thing that you've done to me, I cannot forgive. I, I just can't. And what we're saying is really the forgiveness that we've been extended uh, in Christ isn't enough. Uh, we're saying that uh, our sins aren't that serious, but this other person's missteps are way larger and way, have, carry way more gravity than the way that I've offended the creator of the world. Which is, it sounds silly saying it out loud. Uh, when we recognize our part in putting Jesus on the cross, and for those who truly suffer, they are enabled to forgive um, because they, they have come face-to-face with their own weakness. They have come face-to-face with their own brokenness. And so um, as we pray, um, Father, forgive us, uh, for we ourselves forgive those who are indebted um, to us. Uh, we are acknowledging that in our relationship with God, there is a debt that we have no hope of paying. In our relationship with God, uh, in our relationship with God, we acknowledge that He is the only one who can forgive our sins and could uh, count us as righteous in His eyes. But we also recognize that as He's done that for us, one of the ways, one of the various ways that we can extend His love that we've been shown to others is by forgiving um, others, the ways that they cross us. And what that tells other people which is why this is so amazing, is that, hey, like, you are actually way more significant. You are actually way more important, and your identity is way more than just the ways that you mess up. And that's not true because I'm telling you. It's true because the one who has created us has told us that. Um, One of the most uh, amazing um, things for me personally that Jesus uh, said in his time on earth uh, was when Uh, He instructs his, or when he's teaching a crowd and he tells them, uh, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. 
And I think that is so just relieving and so life-giving and so helpful um, for us to think about in terms of asking for forgiveness, extending forgiveness, is because he doesn't tell you, he doesn't tell me, he doesn't tell uh, us to uh, get it right and come to him. He doesn't say, uh, you know, go uh, pay this price and then come. He just tells you to come. And that's what he's inviting you to do today. He's just inviting you to come, to, to confess your sins, as we've talked about uh, throughout the service today, to ask for forgiveness, because he doesn't call us to forgiveness to shame us. He doesn't call you to forgiveness to shame you. He calls you to forgiveness uh, because he doesn't want you to carry the weight of your sin around, because you don't have to, because he's already paid the price. He is inviting us to do the same for others, because when we do that for other people, it shows uh, other people that, oh, this God is serious about forgiveness. Um, and it's a reminder to us, even, uh, just the great debt that has been canceled um, in the name of Jesus uh, to his glory. Um, and so if you're here today and um, you are burdened uh, by the weight of your sin, I just want to encourage you and tell you you're in the right place because you're in the presence of a God um, who has forgiven and wants to forgive that sin. And you are with people um, who have a desire uh, to be in community um, based on forgiveness, to continually extend that forgiveness uh, to one another because uh, we've been set free. Um, we've been freed uh, from those, those shackles, from that weight. And so, um, as Jesus um, has already said, I just encourage you to go to him. Um, so, uh, pray with me uh, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.